On today's episode of the 10-12 podcast, we're making picks for every Big 12 game in Week 2, minus the FCS games. That includes Oklahoma SMU, Oregon, Texas Tech, Baylor, Utah, Oklahoma State, Arizona State, Kansas, Illinois. We've got our prize picks for this week and a whole lot more. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the 10-12, the podcast that covers all 14 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. We are the flagship show of the 10-12 Podcast Network. You can find every show on the network at 1012network.com, T-E-N, the number 12, the word network. And of course, we are Spartan. And of course, we are partners with Sports Social, Europe's biggest sports podcast network. If you're a Premier League fan like myself, you need to go check them out. Link is in the bio. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us today. It is Thursday. That means we're making picks, and I do it with my two good friends. I do it with every single week during the season. The LGG OG, may it rest in peace, Chris Ross. Yeah, it's good to be back. I think I had a winning week last week, so uh, just rolling from last season, I guess. I don't think I get off to good starts typically, so this is a bit of a change. This this whole like not even paying attention until you sit down is apparently working for you. It's like you know when people fill out a bracket and just pick dogs and colors and 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 random things, and somehow they win their bracket pool. So Chris has got the like little kid magic going on right now, uh, <laughs> and also joining us our pro picker himself, Daniel Alexander. Good to be here. Some really bad beats last last week that didn't go my way. So let's uh, let's turn that around. Yeah, uh, let's let's just before we dive into that, I want to just kind of update everybody on. We've kind of put a schedule in place for this show through the football season, and so I want to quickly update everybody on, on kind of what to expect from the ten twelve podcast moving forward. Uh, as you know, Mondays. We recap the weekend that was with Andy Mitz and Jamie Steyer Johnson and some occasional guests and friends who join us. That is available everywhere podcasts are available, as well as on YouTube. We do have a 1012 podcast YouTube channel. I would love for you to go and subscribe to it now because the goal right now is that on Tuesdays, we'll be dropping an episode on onto the YouTube channel, which are just going to be interviews of non football sports. Uh, it was a little bit, it was a day late this week, but our interview with Jennifer Garrison, the head coach of TCU triathlon, who's has their first competitive season this fall. Their first event is this Sunday. Uh, they've got an event in Fort Worth coming up in October. That interview is on YouTube that I'm going to have interviews like that. I'm hoping to have a BYU women's soccer interview for next week. They're currently the number one ranked team in the country. Very impressive debut for them in the big 12 so far. Uh, and we're also going to do on Wednesdays, we're going to have the 10, 12 big 12 special teams show. So what we're going to try and do is bring on a guest each week to recap some of the biggest moments from special teams play in the Big 12. First episode is up live with former TCU kicker Jaden Oberkrom. It is on YouTube as well. It's live. It's a fantastic interview. He had so much insight. It was very interesting. He's actually coaching up kickers now. There's some guys at the Big 12 currently playing in the Big 12 that he's been coaching since 8th grade. So, And then on Thursdays, this right here. We make our picks with Chris and Daniel for the weekend's upcoming game. So, that's content for you from the 10 podcast, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, a whole variety of stuff. So make sure you are subscribed to us on YouTube. Even if you're subscribed here, however you listen to podcasts, subscribe, like the videos, rate and review five stars, please. It really does help the show out. Uh, and it helps us continue to be able to create more and more content for you. Uh, Daniel, bad beat is accurate. 
Bad Beat is true. And I don't think there's... It's one of the games that got all three of us last week as we're going to recap what happened, what went down. Of course, was the West Virginia-Penn State. Penn State deciding to score in the closing seconds when they didn't need to, to push the over and to get Penn State the cover. Uh, Before then... We were all winners. We were all winners that game. It said that we all lost. Uh, Chris, of course, was our winner last week with a six and four week. Hit on UCF minus 35 and a half. Hit on Oklahoma minus 35 and a half. Hit on Rice plus 35. Hit on Wyoming plus 14. Hit on Sam Houston plus 20. And your non-Big 12 pick, Coastal Carolina plus 14 and a half. Hit, always bet on Coastal or always bet against UCLA in non-con. Uh, Daniel and I both went four and six. Daniel hit on over 55 and a half in UCF Kent State, hit on Rice plus 35, under 60 and a half in Houston UTSA, and hit on the under 46 and a half in BYU Sam Houston. Uh, you missed on the TCU minus 20 and a half. We all missed on TCU. You and Chris had minus 20 and a half. I had the under. We all missed. Uh, you missed on the under 58 and a half in OU Arkansas State. We all missed on Baylor. We said it. We knew it when we all picked Baylor minus 27 and a half. It was going to come back and bite us. Lo and behold, it did. Uh, you missed on the under 50 in West Virginia Penn State, just like Chris did. I missed on the West Virginia covering 20 and a half. That, that game is just frustrating. Uh, you missed on Texas Tech minus 14 and missed on Hawaii plus three and a half versus Vander. No, Stanford. Stanford. Yeah. Uh, I went four and six, hit on OU minus 35 and a half versus Arkansas State, hit on the under 59 in Texas Rice. Sweated that one out a little bit. Uh, hit on Houston plus two versus UTSA. Hoot, hoot. Uh, and hit on Wyoming plus 14 against Texas Tech. As I mentioned, missed on UCF Kent State on the under. Uh, UCF did all the work. Hit, missed on the under 64 in TCU Colorado. I really thought when that game was 7 nothing at the end of the first quarter that I was feeling real good. And then the second, well, let's just say the third quarter happened. Uh, hit, missed on over 46.5 in BYU Sam Houston. That game was weird. And uh, South Alabama, my G5 darling, did not deliver for me against Tulane in week one. Missed on the plus six and a half. So as I mentioned, Chris is in the lead after week one at six and four. Daniel and I are tied in second at four and six. Uh, Chris, congrats on a winning week. Just keeping that trend going, bud. Yeah. You know, I'll see. I don't feel good about this week, but uh, hopefully I can keep it going. This is an interesting week. Now, I-, I would love to sit here and chat some more about things, but we have a loaded week. Um, we only have four games that we're going to get through quickly because there's only three FCS games in the Big 12. We don't pick those. Uh, for non-conference, we're going to kind of blast through the G5 games uh, because we've got a whole bunch of P5 on P5. We've got a whole bunch of games to get to, a whole lot of games we want to spend plenty of time talking about. So we might as well dive in. We will start off as we do in chronological order. We will kick things off with Kansas, Illinois. Chris, as our winner, you get to go first. Kansas, welcoming Illinois to Lawrence on Friday night. The Jayhawks currently a three-point favorite in this game. Line opened at Kansas minus four. Total is at 58, opened at 55 and a half. Chris, as I mentioned, you are up first, sir. What would you like here? Yeah, neither of these teams looked great out of the gate, but Illinois did enough to get the win, and and Kansas, you know, ended up getting it together and and won comfortably at the end, so not a big deal. This week... Will Jalen Daniels play it? It kind of looks like he's going to get the start. He's going to play. But even without him, I feel like Kansas is the better team here. At home, I I, I like the Jayhawks to get the win and the cover. I think this three the best I can get. Yeah, that's pretty much it across the board. Daniel, what would you like here, sir? Illinois. Illinois let Toledo uh, hang around, score a lot of points. Um, Kansas kept really vanilla, uh, last week. I mean, I know they're playing FCS somebody, but, uh, uh, it was kept very vanilla, uh, for the first half. They turned it on late in the game. This just feels like, I'm not going to use the word shootout. This is going to be very similar to how Illinois Toledo just played out a, a couple nights ago. I think score wise, you know, seeing something like a 34, 31, uh, 34, 28, something like that. This game's going to go over. Uh, I think earlier in the week, uh, some group hit it at 55 and a half, got the good number into 56. But um, I have this game, I have the number currently right now, right around 60 and a half, 61. So I'm going to 
take 58 here for the show. Give me the over. Uh, Illinois lost a lot from last year's defense. Uh, and so the question has been all along, can Kansas handle Illinois' physicality? Is that defense, it plays with a lot of physicality. Physicality was something that Kansas struggled with last year, especially in the run game. You bring in a Jalen Daniels who we expect him to start. Is he 100%? We don't know. Uh, Luke Grimm missed the second half of last week. Is banged up. Backup receiver Tanaka Scott has been battling a hamstring. He didn't play last week. He might play this week. The matchup here is the Kansas O-line and the Illinois D-line. Um, but again, Illinois did offensive line like they were incredible last year. They lost a bunch to the NFL, and then Toledo ran for almost 200 yards on them last week. I think because Illinois' defense is not what it was last year, that should favor Kansas. And I think Illinois' offense will look better in Week 2 than it did against Toledo. Daniel, I am riding with you. Even with it being bet up an extra two and a half points. I'm taking the over 58. I do think we're going to have ourselves a shootout in Lawrence. I think that's the best pick here. Um, I like the Kansas side. I just, and I think Kansas wins this game. I just feel way more confident that a lot of points will be scored here. Among those points that are going to be scored, we're going to talk about our prize picks. This is our prize picks game of the week. And my prize picks pick for this game, Devin Neal, currently sitting with the option of one half rushing touchdowns. If this is going to be a shootout, if this is going to be a high scoring affair, I don't see how Devin Neal doesn't find the end zone. I'm taking over one half touchdowns on Devin Neal in this game for prize picks. Chris. Yeah, I actually like that. I'm thinking along the same lines, but I'm going with Jalen Daniels. I think he gets uh two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown to cover the two and a half. Uh, so I'll, yeah, I'll take Jalen Daniels and cover the two and a half t- total touchdowns. Yeah, that's uh, two and a half passing, rushing, and receiving touchdowns taking the over. I think that's a good play. Uh, Daniel, what's your pick? Under on the yards, passing for our Kansas quarterback. Give it to me. Under. We're, we're back. What was it 221? It is 221 and a half. I can under. absolutely see them doing all sorts of things and, and him hitting the under, but still getting a bunch of touchdowns. I mean, if Toledo's going to put up 200 yards on the ground on on Illinois, like there's no reason to think that Kansas can't do similar there. So all you have to do to participate in prize picks like we are all going to do is download the app and use the promo code NETWORK12. You're going to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is the best legal way to play player props in states like California, if you want. But Texas... California, if you're listening, Oklahoma, Price Picks is the easiest way to play daily fantasy. Here's how this works. You're going to download the app. You're going to put in your deposits. You're going to get that deposit match up to $100. You're going to pick two to five players across any sport available and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has a ton of stats to choose from. We just mentioned quite a few. There's also points, rebounds, assists, three-pointers made, fantasy points, receiving yards, rushing yards, passing interceptions they have a ton of sports to pick from as well nfl college football nba college basketball when that sport comes around mlb soccer let's see what do we what else we got here what do we got we got some uh, ooh, we got some fiba we got some euro golf we got cricket you want to you want to make some some picks on cricket all you gotta do is download the prize picks app today use that promo code network 12 get a 100 deposit match instantly up to 100 and one of the best things about prize picks it's not only that it's easy to use and a ton of fun. It's safe and offers fast withdrawal. So there's no waiting around to collect your winnings when you make the right pick. So go download the app, get your deposit. Don't forget that promo code network 12 and start picking with us this season. All right, let's move on to our second game. Uh, this game has lost some luster after uh, Baylor's performance last week. Baylor is going to host Utah. We get the first of uh, three. Well, no, Two, sorry, Oregon's going to the Big Ten. Just kidding, ha ha. Uh, the first of a couple future. I got confused because I remember like TCU Colorado's last week. We have two more future Big Twelve matchups this week. The first of the this week is Baylor Utah. I, t- I swear I'm not just trying to ramble. Sometimes it just takes me a minute. Uh, Utah is currently a seven and a half point favorite on the road. Total in this one is pretty much forty seven across the board. Daniel, you're up first, sir. What would you like? I'm taking the under on this game. Um, this is a situation where, um, <clears throat> you know, 
Dave and the Bears just got look. I mean, they got blown out as twenty eight point favorites. Um, that's really bad. What is going to happen, in my opinion, with a defensive minded coach that has to come back and get it right? He is going to maybe put some emphasis on defense this next game. I also felt like Baylor's offense was stuck in the mud. Um, it was weird watching that game because uh, it felt like uh, I only saw two series. Like Texas State front seven, like completely hung with Baylor's O line. And it was very confusing to see. So it's kind of like, what the heck's Baylor going to do against Utah? Baylor's going to be maybe stuck in the mud a little bit. I don't know who's going to win this game. I don't know how close it's going to be, but Baylor D is going to tighten up. Baylor offense might continue to struggle. This game's going under the four to seven and a half. Uh, for Baylor, Blake Shapin is out for two to three weeks with an MCL injury. He was banged up in that game against Texas State. Uh, so Mississippi State transfer Sawyer Robertson will get the start against Utah. Outside linebacker Garmin Randolph is going to miss one to two weeks. Safety Devin Lemire will miss two to three weeks. Um, those are a couple more starters. Meanwhile, Utah was without three starting defensive linemen and their best linebacker against Florida and still beat up all over Florida's offensive line. Dominated at the line of scrimmage. You said it. Baylor's offensive line was really disappointing last week against a Texas State defensive line that's not going to be nearly as good as Utah's. Uh, not to mention, Texas State kind of bullied with the, their offensive line against Baylor's defensive line. I am torn on the total here. Uh, I'll say this for you. Baylor is 8-2, and two, or the under is 8-2 and two when Baylor is a home dog in their last 10. I think you're on the right side of the total. I don't know how Utah doesn't win this by double digits. And so at seven and a half, I feel comfortable taking Baylor to take the L. Um, So I am going to take Utah minus seven and a half in this game. Andy, Chris, sorry, Chris, not Andy. (laughs) Too many hosts. I have too many hosts. I I agree with both of you guys, though, because, look, I mean, with Blake Shaven out, that's tough. Sawyer Robertson didn't look great. Uh, I think he completed, like, 50% of his passes last week. Um, And if Kim Risen's playing, like, right, is he back? Is he coming back? Is he going? We don't know. There is a chance that he plays. Okay. There is a chance. He's practicing, though, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... I mean, it, it seems like all the momentum is on Utah. The thing that sketches me out about this game is, Daniel, correct me if I'm wrong here, this opened as a, a one-point game and has been bet up to seven and a half. Utah was a four-point favorite, right? Yeah, it, it might have been one point at like FanDuel or someone might have opened it like before the whole market. But I think three and a half or four was like sort of the consensus open for the market. Gotcha. Which is, we, I mean, we're still talking about a giant, still a giant move. Yeah, because I'm with Philip in the fact that it, it seems like Utah should win this by double digits. So why is this uh, basically a single score game at seven and a half? It's just over that now, but that seems suspect. Is that a trap? I don't know. There seems like there's a lot of suspect lines this week that I want to talk to you more about as we get more into this, because that that's the only part that scares me. Right? Is why is the line so tight? It seems like Utah should have this. I'm going to I. I won't do this throughout the, the show, but in this one, I'm going to go ahead and take Utah because they do look too good until we see Baylor answering, until we see something out of Baylor that shows that they can fix some of the problems they had last week. Um, because you, it's not easy to fix offensive line problems, right? That That's that's tough. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll take Utah to cover the seven and a half because I do think it's a double-digit win for them. But the line is suspect. Daniel, one other thing I want to talk, I want to ask you. We kind of talked about this before we started recording, but you kind of had some numbers on road dogs over the last ten years in non-conference that are favored by seven points or more. What what's the record kind of say about that? Um, you know, like you and I discussed, there's some there's some you know arbitrary lines that you got to draw on the sand here. But but when we're talking, we're going to say like a. a, a a big dog, we'll say seven and a half or up, more than one possession or up, um, which is Baylor's spot this week. 45, 59, and one against the spread. You know, if, if you were taking those big uh, home dogs, non-conference home dogs, 
during the season over the last five years, you know, you'd be down like 15 or 16 units. So uh, that supports you guys' pick for Utah State. You know, that particular trend supports your pick for Utah State. We're going to hit this one quick. Kansas State hosting Troy on Saturday. Uh, look, Troy is not the same team they were last year. Real quick, oh, yeah. should we keep calling Utah Utah State? That's fine with me. Uh, look, <laughs> with all the nonsense they've been talking before they've even arrived in the conference, they they have they have asked to be the, the new enemy in the Big Twelve, and so we will gladly. Did we really need that. another Baylor? This is not another Baylor. This is <laughs> this is. Uh, yeah, I'm just talking about the trash talk. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, Kansas State hosting Troy. Troy is not the same team they were last year, and they are not 2022 Tulane. I know this is a big number. Kansas State currently a 16.5 point favorite in this game. Total is about 52. Man, Kansas State games, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to read too much into what they did against an FCS team. I could. I feel like the under, if you're going to take a side to the right side, I'm going to ride with Kansas State here. I think they remember what happened against Tulane last year. I don't think they're going to allow something like that to happen again. I know they've got a road game at Missouri next week. They probably don't want to show off too much, but asking them to win a game by 16 points against a Detroit team that it just isn't as good as last year with what all they lost. I'll take Kansas State to cover the 16 and a half here. Chris? Yeah, Troy put up some points last week, but they also turned the ball over. Um, Wildcats continuing to warm up before the big game next week. Kansas State to cover the 16 and a half. Daniel? I'm going to go another under here. Uh, you know, again, it's Southeastern Missouri, whoever they played last week, but they sort of like couldn't do anything. Troy was actually in a game. Uh, God, I can't remember who they played last week. So, uh, um, SFA, you know, Stephen F. Austin. They like, it was a game. It's like they, they, they were going back and forth. Just Troy, you know, to your point, Phil, they're playing down. And this just feels like it's going to be a long day for them. K-State can win this thing like, you know, 37-7, something like that. 31-10, something like that. Feels like a long day. No offense for Troy. K-State does what they need to, and they shut it down in the second half like last week. So give me that under. All right, you got it. Uh, it is the battle for the Cy Hawk Trophy. It's Iowa State-Iowa. The game they call El Asico. Iowa State is currently a four-point dog. The total on this one is 36 and a half. Chris, you're up first, sir. What would you like? Already. All right. Let's go with, uh, you know, I was looking for revenge for last for the last uh, time out. Iowa State got the win there in Iowa City. Uh, but the problem is the Hawkeyes' defense is going to be a lot better than Northern Iowa's. And Beck was just okay last week. He, he wasn't great. Um, if Iowa can muster any kind of offense, if they can get anything going, I think they win this. Iowa State has not won this matchup at home since 2011. Until they show they can do that, I'm going to take Iowa Unfortunately, I would love to take Iowa State. I really want to take Iowa State, but I think Iowa covers. Daniel? Isn't that total disgusting? It's the nastiest thing in, in, ever. That is some <laughs> That is some uh, service academy versus service academy total stuff. It's, it's tempting. It's tempting. Am I going to do it again? Yeah, we're taking the under here. <laughs> Iowa. Iowa, just suffocating. Um. I will – I'll be surprised if Iowa State scores more than 14. It's football, so some fluke play could happen. Sure, I totally get it. But it's hard-pressed to see to see Iowa State scoring really more than 14 points, like 16 max, and that's the total right there. I mean, if you're going by the total of the spread that Vegas is setting for you, 
if it's hard to see Iowa State scoring 16 points, Iowa, I'm not going to say that the kind of team that runs it up, they kind of bow constrictor the game out. Yeah, this game, it's going to be somewhere like the 1910 range, 2110, something like that. There's a shutout possibility brewing or like three points or something for Iowa State. Give me that under. I need a sicko sound effect because, buddy, we are both taking that sicko train <laughs> to the under 36 and a half. I have real money on the under here. I'm just going to let you all know that right now. Uh, of course, this is called El Asico. There will be a former president in attendance for this one. Hopefully it doesn't have the same effect as Ted Cruz at the Baylor game. Uh, the Cyclones are looking for their first back-to-back Cyhawk victories since 2011 and 2012. By the way, the total, 36 and a half. The under would have hit that total in three of the last four meetings, the one exception being 2021. My only concern here is this. I have two. One, defensive scores could push this over. We saw a pick six by Iowa State last week. I'm also curious if Iowa State and Iowa, they have given me no reason to believe this, but I wonder if they both weren't a little bit vanilla last week, which is why the point scoring was so low. And Iowa State got up to 30 to nothing at half and then just sat on the game the second half. They didn't care. They weren't going to do anything, show anything. They're just going to ride that game out. Iowa scored like, a passing touchdown on their first drive for the first time in over a decade. And then they didn't do much else the rest of the game either. And so I can't decide if the two teams were simply being vanilla or they're really just that bad offensively. If it is the latter, my only concern is some defensive scores, which I can absolutely see. It would not be shocked if we had a one or two in this game. All that said, and I actually think Iowa State might be the right side in this one, as crazy as that sounds. I'm taking the under. The under is 52, 34, and 3 during the Matt Campbell era. Even as sicko low as this is, Daniel, you and I, we're aboard that sicko train and we're riding it all the way to a win. Okay, we got another one to get through real quick here. Oklahoma playing host to SMU. I guess you could call this Oklahoma's marquee game of the non-conference since they're not playing Georgia. OU currently. Ooh, I see some 15 and a half, some 16s, uh, the total, mostly 68 and a half. I see a couple of 69s, if that is your fancy. Nice. Nice. Daniel, you're up first. What would you like, sir? I cannot believe this. Crap. I already bet this at 70 on the under. Um, Every single game is going to go over this week. We already know how this happens. Um, (laughs) I've got... uh, I've got two really good sort of wind-related, um, line-move-related uh, metrics that I like to run on games. Both are lit. Again, I bet this at the 70 number. This ticked down to 69 and a half. 69, there's a lot of 68 and a halfs hanging out there now. Um, I still think this game goes under. Um, we saw the outburst last week from Oklahoma. I don't think that's indicative at all of, you know, what's going to happen week in, week out with these two teams, or excuse me, with Oklahoma. Great showing. They blew out the number. They obviously, well, the Arkansas State's coach was like, you know, being consoled by the players at the end of the game. That was awful, but (laughs) under, yeah. I mean, Oklahoma's not putting up 84 this week. This is going to be a real football game. There's going to be less than 10 touchdowns cashing. Uh, SMU is better than Arkansas State, and I don't care. OU minus 15 and a half OU covers Chris. I know this is a quick pick, but I miss, I did not watch the end of that game. Did you say the players were consoling the coach? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You, you heard uh, it right. Yikes. Uh, all right. Well, see, this is another one that I feel like the line is suspiciously close. Um, because like Daniel, I'm actually not sold on you this year. I'm not sold on Venables as a head coach. Um, fantastic coordinator, not sold as a head coach. Uh, I do think OU will have their struggles, but I don't know if they're going to in this matchup. They did look really good last week, put up a bunch of points, uh, did what they were supposed to do. This line seems a little suspicious. I'm actually going to take SMU to cover this line just because it does seem so – it seems like OU should win this by three scores easily. Um, at least by 17 easily. And the fact that it's inside of that is very odd. I think it's bait. I'm going to say yes to you. Uh, I've got 16s at win and station. Daniel, will we allow those for, for Chris? Give it to him. Give All it right. to the young man. Plus 16. 
Is it moving down? Because I when I yeah, was yeah. making this, I think it was sixteen and a half. Okay. It, it was it was seventeen Sunday night or Monday morning or something. That the, that got down pretty quickly. That number got taken up pretty quickly. Is is that line seem off to you? I mean, you do this professionally, so um, off. I mean, let me just start to tell you my exact number here. This podcast is gonna be so long. <laughs> off? No, like the, or, the number's not I, off in the sense wait. of like. You know, the books made a mistake. No, that's not the case. But yeah. let me just give you a raw number here. 81. Sorry, I swear I'll hurry up here. <laughs> You're going to pitch on the spot. And we're very fast um, quick pick. My number's a little closer to 14, 14 and a half for Oklahoma. I mean, that's actually exactly oh, where it lands. 14 and a half for Oklahoma. Um, okay. So, you know, there probably was some value on that 17. Uh, with a total that high, I'm not going to run and, and try to grab a number that's like two points off. Mm. If it was a really low total, I'd be interested, but there you go. All right. Well, Chris may not be buying Brent Venables, but you should be buying Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle is a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City that specializes in collegiate and hometown apparel. Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off your school spirit all season long. One of the things they launched right before the start of the season were their college football helmet tees. These are some old school throwback helmet, big letter for your school. They are fantastic. So if you're a Big 12 fan, let's say you're an Oklahoma State fan, They've got one with a very nice, simple OSU logo on it. Let's say you're a Baylor fan and you're looking to lick your wounds from this past weekend. They got you covered with a classic green BU on gold helmet. If you're a Big 12 fan, they've got everyone but Cincinnati covered and more, including future Big 12 member Colorado. This stuff is incredible. It's well-designed. It looks super cool. They've got some of my favorite shirts from Big 12 schools that I've ever seen, and they are incredibly comfortable. So... Go to Charlie Hustle, use the promo code 101215, T-E-N-1215, for 15% off your order on any non-sale items. Not just first order, any order on any non-sale items. Use that promo code 101215, T-E-N-1215, for 15% off your order. They've got more than 30 schools to choose from. They've got you covered with all of your collegiate apparel needs, especially if you're a Big 12 fan. Shop today at charliehustle.com. Charlie Hustle, vintage, made, fresh. Fresh. It's a fun word to say, fresh. I don't know why, but I I enjoy it. Now, we got an old rivalry renewed between Cincinnati and Pitt. However, they're not going to use the paddle wheel trophy. They got this giant trophy they used to use when they were in the Big East together. They're like, nah, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. It's passed between either team for 18 years, and they're not going to present it to the winning team this year. At which point I'm like, what What are we doing? Like, college football is losing so much of itself. You can't just hand off a trophy for fun. I don't understand it. I don't understand the need. It makes my heart sad. I like when dumb trophies that are big and weird looking get passed around. We need this trophy. Anywho. Cincinnati currently a seven and a half point dog to Pittsburgh total at 45 and a half. Let's see, whose turn is this? Chris, Daniel, me, Chris. I believe it's my turn. Thank Great. You, Chris. It yeah. is. Uh, I have done little to no research on this game. I am not going to buy into Cincinnati's uh, Molly Whopping of Eastern Kentucky, but I am impressed by the offense enough to say that it might be a lot better this year than we thought, given I had very low expectations for it. That said, listen, Cincinnati, West Virginia fans, I know you guys are going to be a a rivalry again, but I think this is the same week when you guys are hand in hand going eat pit. So you know what? Screw it. I really don't have a good read on this game. The totals lower than I really want to do, especially considering the offensive output from both teams in the opening week. Yes. I know who the opponents were. Let's, let's not rehash that. Um, I'm going to just be a big 12 fan on this one and say, I'm going to take Cincinnati to cover the seven and a half. I, uh, I, I have gone back and forth on my feelings on pit this off season. I still don't feel like I have a good read on them. So I'm just going to say they're not that good. And I hope they lose to big 12 teams two weeks in a row. And that would make my heart happy. So Cincinnati plus seven and a half. Chris. Are we screen sharing? Because I'm pretty sure you just read off of all of my notes. My number one note. I don't have a good read on this game. <laughs> I just don't. I, I don't know. 
I just don't have a good read on it. And I don't, I haven't researched these teams enough. Um, but again, I was just kind of riding with the big 12 um, quarterback. Emory Jones had a great performance. Uh, Pitt will be a lot tougher defense this week, but I, I think Cincinnati can keep it close. Um, I was going to take Cincinnati and, and the seven points. Uh, you want the seven and a half. I think seven and a half is the best. Oh, I yeah, get here. Hold okay. on. Yeah, seven and a half, pretty much seven and a half across the board. All right, Daniel. I'm taking Cincinnati, but there is a very particular spot that oh, I know no. in, oh, no. in week two of the college football season. I want to hear the stat, um, though. I do. I want to hear this. Well, I'm just – I'm going to share it with you. Non-conference dogs, week two, that have absolutely blown out the previous game spread. Okay? Right? there. There was a spread on the game. And the team just absolutely crushed the number. And for me, that's if they they beat the spread by more than 21 points. Okay. So if you're, you know, if you're minus three, you won the game by 24 or more. Right. You've you've absolutely crushed the spread. And then the next week, you're a non-conference dog. If you're a dog of six or up, you're 149 and 86 against the spread, hitting 64% of the time for plus 54 units. There are four games that match that this week. Cincinnati is one of them. I bet them immediately at eight when I could. I'm going to still take them at seven. I would take them down to six. Personally, I would bet them down to six if I was wagering money. Cincinnati is going to cover this game. I don't know if they win. So they're going to hang with him the number, cashing. Nice pick, Chris. <laughs> I love that all those stats won't matter because we all agreed, and that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, look, it, this one is the game of the week. This is the game that everyone's had circled all off season. It is a marquee game, six o'clock on ESPN, Texas traveling to Alabama, number 11, Texas traveling to number three, Alabama, Alabama, a seven point favorite total. Is it 54 and a half? Chris, my friend, you're up first, sir. What you want here? All right. Well, I flipped a coin earlier. And it, you know, more seriously, uh, yours had an impress- impressive performance last year against Alabama. Um, can he do it again? If Alabama has a weakness, it's probably their secondary a little banged up. The Longhorns probably feel like they let Alabama off the hook last year in, in Austin. I really want to take Texas here. I, I think that they keep it close. But ultimately what I think happens is Alabama kind of pulls away late and gets a second score to, to kind of put the win away um, and, and, and gets that two-score win, 10 to 14 points, somewhere in there. I'll take Alabama. Daniel? I got to grab that seven. If seven is correct, if seven wasn't correct, people would absolutely be betting Alabama at that number, and we'd be seeing a seven-and-a-half or an eight. And I think if that ends up happening Saturday morning for some reason, uh, we get some, you know, uh, limits go up and we get a late push on Alabama and that line goes out to seven and a half or eight. I think Alabama's going to cover. I think it's really uh, indicative that this thing still sitting at seven. There was even some seven and a halves earlier in the week. Those have been bet. Texas is going to keep this thing close. There's been some real bets. There's been some professional groups that are taking Texas. I'm just going to ride at them. It feels like a good opportunity for at worst to push. I, I, in my notes as the head coach of Texas, Steve Sarkeesian is 0 and three against the spread as a road underdog and one and four against the spread as a dog overall, not a great trend here. However, I don't know how to hold Sark's first two years against him with the team this year and the expectations for the team this year. Now, neither offense did, was like super impressive this past offseason. Yeah, I know what Alabama did. I also know the opponent. Uh, Texas offensive line was less impressive than I expected. All offseason, I felt like Texas had a shot in this game, and I still do, but not as much. And with the line at seven, which I don't love, I actually feel more uncomfortable with the under in this game because I like both defenses and I feel like I am more confident in the defenses for Texas and Alabama right now than I am in knowing what the offenses for Texas and Alabama are. So I think the defenses will come out and play well. I don't think it'll be as low scoring as last year's game, but at 54 and a half, 
And I think that's the, yeah, that's pretty much the consensus. Uh, I'm going to take the under 54 and a half. I think this is a lower scoring game. Um, and I think if you're Texas, that's kind of what you want if you want to get this win. Because I think if it gets into a shootout, Alabama's winning this game comfortably. I think Texas needs this to be a lower scoring game for them to get the win. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, another game kind of like BYU-Utah that we were really excited about this offseason. Could be a lot of fun. Alas, Texas Tech goes on the road and loses to Wyoming. Now they have to welcome in the Oregon Ducks, who just, I mean, blasted, was it Portland State or Portland? I don't know. It was one of those Portland teams by about a billion to nothing. Oregon currently a a 6.5-point favorite on the road in Lubbock. Total is at 69. Nice. Daniel, I think you're up here, sir. What would you like? Rat line, Texas Tech, plus six and a half. Come on. Are you kidding me? Give it to me. Texas Tech is going to cover this spread as the home dog. 80-something percent of all the bets right now are on Oregon, and this thing won't move out to seven, won't move out to seven and a half. Rat line, this thing stinks. How is this not a blowout, right? Texas Tech just lost to Wyoming. Oregon can do whatever they want. Automatic layup. Texas Tech's going to cover this game. Six and a half. Give it to me. I've been really curious. And I'm your, Chris, is this one of the lines you think stinks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. I have and it, and it does. It absolutely does. Like the Baylor Utah one, like to some extent, I kind of get. I, I I think the argument there is that like you could see Utah just kind of keeping it low scoring, um, especially with both quarterbacks. But like, how is after what Oregon did, albeit to an FCS opponent, like how is Oregon only a six and a half point favorite on the road against Texas Tech? That is insane. So either Vegas knows something or Vegas made so much money last week. They're like, ah, we'll give him one. We'll just, we'll just give everybody an easy one. Y'all catch yourself a little winner. Cause we made bank off of y'all last week, especially off that West Virginia pit game. I just, like, I don't understand. I don't understand it at all uh like texas Tech- i was actually gonna ask daniel what his numbers have because the line seems so far off uh my number's closer to texas tech plus four it's actually plus three and a half texas tech that's wild everything about the season thus far says that i should take oregon to win this comfortably in cover i also think oregon's overrated the west virginia loss was a little bit weird and flu like the, the loss to Wyoming was a little bit weird and fluky. They had three missed field goals of of 40 yards or more. You get into double overtime. I just like I I feel like Texas Tech should have won that game and that's what happens when you schedule Wyoming. And I'm glad they did. Like please I, I love Power Five going on there to G five. Like I love it. Don't stop doing that. Please don't. Um but like I, I said Wyoming was like that made I thought they'd cover last week. I still don't. I still think this game should be close. I, I'm just. I'm okay. Screw it. I don't. I don't know. This this line's messing with my head. And since we're just doing this for fun and for beer, I'm gonna be a Big Twelve homer. Daniel, I, I'm going with you. We're, I'm gonna ride with Texas Tech. I'm gonna see if they can bounce back this week and and pull off an absolute out of nowhere stunner. I mean, I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw it out there before Chris goes. It's like we watched Oregon play Portland State. We might as well have been watching them have practice. Right. So it's like, what did we really see? It's great. They scored all these points and stuff, but like, what did we really watch? You know what I mean? Can we really sit back and mm-hmm. say like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. It's like, I don't know. I I personally don't adjust too much on a team when I see that, you know, I, I don't race and change my numbers because I just watched Oregon drop 80 on Portland state. I, I, we've, so. we've seen plenty of week one FCS blowouts turn around the next week. And uh, it's because you were just a ready to go overmatch team against a really bad FCS, like inferior opponent. And Texas Tech got a real challenge. And the game is in Lubbock at night. Lubbock gets weird at night. I think those fans are still going to show out despite the loss. Like 
Texas Tech's not going to treat this. The fan base isn't going to treat this like they're owing one. They're going to treat it like, nah, it's Oregon in town. We got to get this win. I just like it. It also screams, wouldn't it be funny? Like this game has, wouldn't it be funny written all over it of Texas Tech beating Oregon? Just, just mass chaos college football like we've been hoping for this season. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. What's your pick, man? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Pac-12 has to lose at some point, right? They can't just stay undefeated. <laughs> they already lost. They don't exist <laughs> oh, after this year. Oh, yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Um, golly, I, I'm with you guys. The line seems seems suspect. It seems uh, it's it's sus. And this also kind of feels like where we go into a game or the nation goes into a game talking about Bo Nix and, and his possible Heisman campaign, but they leave talking about Tyler show because, you know, he could have an unbelievable performance. Um, and, and I'd love to see Texas tech have a bounce back here. Their fans were, I mean, they expected a big year in Lubbock that got off to a pretty rough start by losing to line. My problem with taking Texas tech is the defense. It's always the defense, it seems like. But they struggle to slow down an offense, I think, ranks in triple digits. And how's that going to improve against Oregon, even with Oregon on the road in a you know a more friendly environment for yourself? That's that's where I struggle with it, right? So I, I want to take Texas Tech because the line does seem weird, and it does seem like maybe there's something out there but that we don't know. But that I, I just don't I can't get over the fact that you couldn't slow down you couldn't stop when it mattered uh, an offense that's not very good now you got to slow down an offense that put up eighty I don't I don't even care who you played like it, that doesn't that matters right so I think I'm just going to take the opportunity to go against you guys and and just go ahead and and say hey Vegas I know it's a trap but I think you played yourself uh, I'll take Oregon to cover. The six and a half. Betting against uh, the other two is always a good bet here on the 1012 podcast, Picks Pods. Uh, it just is. Uh, okay. This one's flying under the radar, but I, I love this game. UCF, we just talked about P5 at G5. Technically, UCF is just a P5 now this year. Boise State's still a G5, but like UCF at Boise State, like these are the two biggest G5 darlings of the last like 20 years. Facing off in Boise, I think this is going to be a fun game. I I I will have this one on. It's somehow like Texas, Alabama, Texas Tech, Oregon, UCF, Boise State are all on at exactly the same time. Like I'm sorry to Cincinnati Pitt. I mean, it's on the CW. I could put that on somewhere. I'm not even going to pay attention to Houston Rice. We'll talk about that one in a minute because it's going to be on at six o'clock too. It's just too many games on at the same time. I got to figure out how to like jump back and forth or watch them all. That said, real uh, quick, the four picks. Does that logo that UCF got to put on their jersey, but Boise State did not, does that matter at all in this game? The logo? The Big 12 logo. Oh. That UCF got in and Boise didn't. I mean, not on the field. I mean, Boise State's more mad because the conference they thought maybe they'd finally get to join doesn't exist anymore. And Oregon State and Washington State are probably going to join them. So I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's just, I mean, for Boise State, it's, it's an opportunity. And after they got absolutely housed by Washington last week, um, and that and that kind of leads me to my thought here because I think I'm up first. UCF blows out probably the worst team in FBS in Kent State. Boise State gets absolutely manhandled by Washington. I don't I don't know all the numbers on a like team who blew out their opponent at home going on the road to a team that got blown out on the road the week before <laughs> in week two of the season, Daniel. Um like, I like UCF. I think they're going to have a good year. I don't think Boise State's that bad, and I'm not sure UCF's that good. And so with UCF as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, total at around 60, I actually think I'm going to take Boise State to cover. I think since UCF probably wins this one, but I can actually see this as a field goal game. And so I know that's not – that's kind of it's kind of dangerous spot to be. I'm going to take Boise – plus three and a half here. I think this will be a close game. I do. Like, I think this will be a very close game. One that UCF pulls out, but I could absolutely see this being like a one or three point win for, for the Citronauts, as I'm going to refer to them, the Knights on the road uh, in Boise on the blue turf. Chris. Yeah. This kind of feels like, I mean, a lot of games this week feel like 
you know, I'm not trying to overreact to what we saw just in one week of football. Um, but that said, I, I still think that, like, despite, you know, wanting to pull back from that overreaction, even, even taking that into account, UCF should win this game. Uh, and, and I don't know if it's that close. I don't, I don't know if it's, you know, inside the score. Well, man, because, I mean, the only thing Boise has going for him in this matchup is that it's in Boise, it's on the blue field, and, and that's about it. I, I think UCF is the better team here. I'm going to take him to cover. Daniel? Oh, man, we're really going to gift this one to Chris. I love I love dogs week two that just got blown up by a top 10 team. I love that spot. I have a couple different metrics where, uh, you know, one of, one of these trends I like is 27 and 12 against the spread. Another one's 21 and 10 against the spread. I got 37 and 17 against the spread, all different metrics of home dog limp at home after getting blown out. I'm taking that three and a half with Boise. I bet the spot every year. It's been profitable for six or seven years in a row. I just hope they pull it off for me because I got money on them and I'm taking them here on the pod. Give us the win. Let's not let Chris run away with this thing. Uh, Fun fact, UCF has actually been practicing at Masters Academy in Orlando because Masters Academy has a blue turf field similar to Albertson Stadium in Boise. So UCF found themselves a blue turf field to practice on in preparation for this game, which is an incredible thing to be like, hey, did you guys know there's a blue turf down the road? Let's go practice on that and prepare ourselves for one of the weirdest fields in college football. Whoever came up with that and gave that person a raise. I love that. I love that. That's a great thing to find. Another great thing to find is the 1012 Network Patreon account. If you are a fan of the 1012 Podcast, of the Rock Chalk Podcast, Raspy Voice Kids, Viva La Cats, Tortillas and Takes, Sons of UCF, Frogs Up, Bear Den, you can show your support for those shows by going to our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash 1012 Network, T-E-N, the number 12, the word network. And for $5 a month, you can support your favorite 1012 Network podcast. We put a lot of time and work into these shows. And the more that we can kind of find ways to generate some revenue, the more time and energy we can invest in these things, the more things that we can invest as a network into each of the shows to help make them bigger and better for you, the more content we can promote, create. Um, Look, we're not promising exclusive content on Patreon. There's a few things we've posted so far. I'll try and continue to get some stuff out throughout the season. But if you just want to find an easy way to say thanks to your shows, thanks to these podcasts, and the absolutely incredible hosts that we have been able to bring into the network to bring you big 12 content on a regular basis just go to the patreon.com forward slash 1012 network the link is in the show notes so it's easy you can go in and click on it it's just five bucks a month that's all it costs and it helps everybody out so do us a favor please go and do that we would greatly appreciate it and tell you what if there is if you become a subscriber and there's something you would like to see from a content standpoint in there some sort of video or audio or something heck you know what? I haven't even pitched this to him, but if you want Daniel to like give you a pick each week that he actually thinks is a winner, well, don't don't like hold him to it. But like, if you would like that, maybe we can we can hint hint nudge nudge poke poke Daniel into doing it. As I keep finding trying to find new ways to get more stuff from Daniel because we like Daniel. Uh, I'm just putting him on the spot here. <laughs> uh, link as I said is in the show notes. Go support the 1012 Network. Daniel, you don't have to actually do that. I'm just. I'm just messing with you right now. It would, have to, it would have to be a Sunday afternoon show when the line's open. Ooh. That's when you'd have to run it. <laughs> okay, but I like that. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. We, yeah. can, we can talk. Okay. Uh, two games left to go. Let's get this one quick. Houston on the road at Rice uh, in a game that the two teams are looking at continuing this rivalry. Uh, but The Bayou Bucket, I believe, is referred to as. Keep this game going as a non-conference game. Uh, not in perpetuity, but continuing forward. Houston. I see them as a nine and a half or 10 point favorite, depending upon where you shop total at 52 and a half. Chris, I believe you're up. What would you like? Yeah. Uh, I didn't believe in Houston last week that, uh, that cost me a little bit. Uh, Bryce has not won this game since 2010. So I'm not really sure why they want to keep it going, but <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Houston to cover Daniel. Uh, I'm taking the over. I'm going to read it to you. Why? Uh, just put me down for the over there. Okay. Sorry, that's fine. We're... D- D- Dana, Dana crushes these non-conference over spots, so we're gonna roll with it this week. I got no real bet on it, so 
Right. Oh, and just to make sure, my cover's at nine and a half, right? Yes. I want to make sure. You have the nine and a half, not the okay. ten. Daniel, the best total I see, it, it's uh, 52 and a half on the total there for the over. Uh, I will also be riding with Houston minus nine and a half. Uh, I was slightly impressed by Rice last week and how they played Texas. I still think Houston, even on the road, will get this one done pretty easily. All right. We got two left. The last Big 12 pick, and then, of course, our non-Big 12 pick. The late night cap, the Big 12 after dark. Another preview. Of, there were three this week. I knew it's it. So Utah and – no, it's fine. It's Arizona OSU at Arizona State. 9.30 p.m. kickoff. Uh, I'm going to be up late for this one. It's a good thing that my mother will be in town watching the kids because she's going to have to get up with them in the morning because I don't, I don't know that I can. Oklahoma State currently a three-point favorite. This line opened it. So that was a two-point favorite. Uh, total is at 56 and a half. Uh, Daniel, you're up, sir. Uh, correction on the last pick, just you know, it wasn't Dana. It's the other coach, Bloomgren, 14-2 to the over. That's why I'm taking it. I had my notes wrong there. Okay. I was just so, tell you, did you say something nice about Dana two weeks in a row? What is what has happened? To, that trip yeah, to no, Europe retra- has really changed you. I retract. It's Rice's coach Bloomberg, fourteen and two, when he's at home and not conference to the over. We're gonna roll with it. Okay. Back here, Oklahoma State's gonna cover this game. Um, I think Herm has maybe lost the locker room already. Herm's gone. Uh, oh, 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 no, 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 no. He, he, he's gone, but, but I'm saying, like, I, I think that locker room sort of fell apart with Herm, and now because of the playoff, uh, uh, you know, no bowl game, nothing like that, I think the way this team performed last week against, I think it was Southern Utah, mm-hmm. I believe, Um Man, this just looks like a team that doesn't care. This looks like a team that's really limping into the season. Um, and Oklahoma State, I, I sort of I, – Gundy just starts slow every year. It's like he doesn't treat that first game against FCS as like some must win. It's very vanilla. This line for me is closer to minus six for Oklahoma State. Just the way the two teams are going, my line is greater – I have to bet them. I'll be on Oklahoma State real money uh, come kickoff. I'm just hoping somehow this gets to a two and a half, and I'll bet it then. But I'm waiting, betting late, Oklahoma State minus three. Last week for OSU told us absolutely nothing. We talked about this new offense they were going to unveil this year, and they didn't do any of it. Instead, they stuck with a plan of three quarterbacks getting four drives each. The offense looked vanilla and stale, the same play used over and over again. Hell, even the defense looked pretty vanilla. And so we got a weird performance against Central Arkansas that left fans wanting a lot more. We are being told that we're probably going to still have a quarterback battle on the road at Arizona State, which seems ill-advised. We shall see. It feels like they kept everything close to the vest until they went on the road to face this Kenny Dillingham and Jalen Rashada. Uh, Rashada had at least a couple of throws that I thought was pretty impressive, so I expect him to probably get a couple of points against the secondary and a defense in, Big Tw- in Oklahoma State that's still new under new defensive corner uh, Nardo. Oklahoma State linebacker Justin Wright is going to be out for this game for an unconfirmed period of time. He tweeted out week five as a potential return date. Oh, by the way. According to Anthony Tatry of Phoenix Sports, it's supposed to be 107 degrees on Saturday when Arizona State and Oklahoma State kick off. That would tie the hottest temperature at kickoff at Mountain America Stadium that ASU has on record, which was originally set uh, when they beat Sacramento State 55 to nothing on September 5th, 2013. It gonna be hot. Hope OSU brings the all-whites. I like that this line is at three because Oklahoma State should win this game. I'm not convinced they're going to win it convincingly, but with just a a three-point line, I feel pretty good because the total, I would probably lean even at 56.5, slightly toward the under. I do think Arizona State is going to put up some points. We saw UCA do it last week. In fact, they left plenty of points on the field. I think OSU is super next vanilla. I think the offense will be better. I think they showed enough hints of certain things that they were holding back that it should be better. I think OSU wins this. I think they should win this. I will take them to cover the three points. Chris? Yeah, I don't know why you think that there wouldn't be a quarterback battle in week two. I mean, Gundy has a history of not making up his mind until after the season, let alone the second week of the season. So they'll probably just play two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks all season long, and then whatever. I I mean, I don't know. The, the FBI, you guys, everybody has more confidence in Oklahoma State than I do at this point. 
Um, it, it just it is what it is. Gundy can't pick a quarterback to save his life unless it's just given to him, unless the guy just walks on and Gundy can't deny him. Um, yeah, but the problem is, is Arizona State struggled against Southern Utah Thunderbirds, which is a team I never even heard of until preparing for this show, to this episode. So, <laughs> yikes. Um, if that was them at their best, it's going to be a long, a long, long season for the Sun Devils there. Um, I also don't think the heat's going to bother Oklahoma State all that much. It's been a very hot summer here. It's been in triple digits, probably a little more humid here than it is uh, in, in the Phoenix area or in Tempe. So, yeah, I, I'll take OSU to cover, but I'm the first week did not uh, give me the any good feelings about Oklahoma State's prospects this year. Great. We just guaranteed OSU had lost. Awesome. OSU fans will be excited about that. Okay. I will note, last time Oklahoma State went on the road to the state of Arizona in Week 2 after opening with an FCS foe in Week 1 with a new starting quarterback for the season, they got handled Oh, against a team from Arizona with a first-year head coach. Oklahoma State got handled easily uh, in a late-night game. It was a lot better team, though. Yeah, I know. It's just the most random, like, stat yeah. uh, just the coincidence stuff uh let's wrap this up with our non-big 12 pick i get to go first it's very torn between two overs this week uh again i'm not going to overreact to what texas state or to texas state or utsa's performances last week utsa is much better than that uh, i do think texas state's offense and they have one game of tape for utsa but i think texas state also put points the total is at like 66 it's really high I'm going to go for a total that I'm even more excited about. Another late night game. Cal is hosting Auburn. The total is at 54. Give me the over. I don't think Cal's defense is as good this year. I do think the offense is better. I'm like Auburn's probably going to be good this year, but like on the road in a late night game at Cal in a weird situation, like, 54 points seems too low, which is crazy because it opened at 58 and a half and it's been bet all the way down. I think this is going the wrong direction. Give me the over 54 in Cal Auburn. Chris. Yeah. Um, this, this week is all about not overreacting and the entire country is overreacting to Colorado. Colorado is not that good. They should not have been in that game. They were lucky to be in that game. And then, they got momentum. Everything fell apart for TCU and Colorado got the win. It is what it is. But without those two picks and the end zone, TCU was going to walk away with that game. It happened. You can't take it back. Colorado was a better team on that day. It didn't work out for TCU. I'm not taking anything away from the bus in that regard. But they're a very thin team. They have no depth. They aren't nearly as good as they're being made out to be. They're not a top 25 team. They are better than they were last year. That's not saying a lot, but they are better than they were last year. Um, I'm not Nebraska, you know, this really isn't even about Nebraska. It, 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 they're just the team on the other side. I'm going to take Nebraska to cover the three. Uh, I actually get you three and a half. Okay. So give you, a little, give you a little bump there. Daniel? God, this got me scrambling. That was my pick. Oh. Gort. Gort. <laughs> Ford Huskers, dude, love him. Was it Matt Rule? He's good as a dog. Matt Rule is a dog yeah. in college. He's he does well. Uh, Philip, I'm riding with you, man. <gasps> Texas State. They've revamped that entire. He revamped the entire roster. It's kind of hard to track this team because it's like their head coach brought in like fifty new bodies. It's it's, it's G. We talked we talked about this on Monday. It's G five Colorado, like. Colorado gets all the attention for what they did. Texas State did the same thing. They completely gutted this this roster and brought in a whole bunch of new stuff with a new coaching staff from Incarnate Word and a bunch of guys from Incarnate Word that they brought up with them. Like it is, it is a it almost. It's not to the quite the extreme of Colorado, but they did what Colorado did. Yeah, it's like I, I got to watch some series with the Baylor game and thirteen and a half just feels like a lot right now. Like is UTSA going to win? Probably, but by ten. By eight? I don't know. I don't think Texas State's going to, you know, shock the world and win another one back-to-back, but I feel like they keep this within two touchdowns. I'll have real money on it come Saturday. Texas State, give it to me. Oh, you're just you're just telling me to make the real bet I want to make, which is 
Oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to wait. Till, I, I, I'm going to wait till Saturday. Also, I, I, another side note, I'm not telling anyone to bet it. I think it's just kind of funny. I think Texas State first half overs are like, they've hit like the last 12 times in a row or something. It's just, like, at all times, there's like silly stats like that going on. I think Texas State has one of those going right now. So we'll see if they make it whatever silly number in a row again on Saturday. Ooh. First half overs? All right, I'll 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 get a little bit weird. Something like yeah, just keep, just keep your eye on it. <laughs> I'll see if uh, I'll see if my Bet Saracen app will offer me that one. They don't offer a lot. Uh, the casino out here in Arkansas. Uh, that is it. That's all our picks. We had a lot. We got through every single one of them. This was awesome and a ton of fun. As always, Chris and Daniel, appreciate you. Y'all can follow Daniel on Twitter at DannerB7. Uh, I believe the Slack chat is still going, Daniel. Yeah, we're still rocking. A lot of guys talking, sharing info. Hit me up on Twitter and uh, get you in there for interest. Danner B7. We are on Twitter at 1012 Network, T E N, the number 12, the word network, 1012 Pod on Instagram and Threads. Uh, like I said, check out the Patreon. The link is in the bio. Don't forget to shop Charlie Hustle. 101215 TEN1215 for 15% off your order. Uh, Chris, I'd plug your social, but you aren't on Twitter anymore. Uh, prize picks, Network 12 for a deposit match up to $100. And of course, as I said, we've got a couple of great interviews that we dropped on the 1012 Podcast YouTube channel this week. We're going to keep dropping some interesting interviews there on the channel. Go subscribe, check those out. Uh, I love them both. The special teams one is really good. We talk a lot of uh, the Iowa State uh, 56-yard field goal, what happened to Texas Tech's kicker at Wyoming, five field goal tips, three misses. Uh, we talk about the Big 12 players of the week for this week, and then our, our national uh, pick or the national uh, special teams play, I'll put one at the very end, was the uh, Minnesota game winner over Nebraska. There's all this Nebraska talk. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll be back on Monday with – I was going to say Daniel with Andy and Jamie Steyer Johnson to recap the weekend that was and look ahead to the weekend that will be. Y'all have a good weekend. We'll talk to you again then. Podcast Network.